continue the celebrating of the offering, giving offerings to the Lord. The Scots who are here, their daughter Jamie got married Friday evening, and I don't know if the Coopers are here or not, um, but their daughter Erin got married yesterday evening, so a uh, weekend of celebrations. One of the other things we celebrate here at Grace uh, is serving one another. Paul Wareham leads a care deacon team. Paul, if you come on up, brother. The leadership team is Paul as the, the head of that team, and then Kay Dalavali and Vince Lascola. And care deacons uh, provide just uh, help and hope and support to different people in our congregation and sometimes outside of our congregation in a time of need. So, uh, brother, thank you. I appreciate you very much. Thanks for what you're going to share. I appreciate you too. The glitch we had in the first service, the, we're waiting on the uh, Peace University slide to come up, and it, the sound wasn't, it, nothing was synchronizing. And it brought up a funny story. I just got back from a motorcycle trip to Canada, and I was riding with another buddy of mine. He has a GPS on his bike. And we got gas, and we were hungry, so he punches in food to GPS, and I'm following him. I'm like, where are we going, man? I don't, I don't understand this. And we're, we're all over the place. We end up in this parking lot, road closed, everything. I said, you know, we can use our eyes. We don't have to completely depend on this thing. There's a diner right over there. So it was just funny how much we, we've come to depend on technology. And when it's not there, we, uh, we're lost. One of the things we want to do... Uh, Technology is working this morning. We have it on the screen behind me is our mission statement. We're, our desire is uh, to embrace our mission statement, to fully devote ourselves, as the, as the mission statement itself says, to Christ. Embrace this mission statement and live it out. So I want to read this with you. If you guys would read along with me, uh, our mission statement. We glorify God by becoming fully devoted followers of Christ through his transforming power. Do you ever look at your life and wonder, do I glorify God? Am I so fully devoted to Christ that God is glorified? Sometimes you just have to stop and ask the question. I am so busy with the grind that sometimes I wonder what it is that I'm grinding for. Galatians 5 uh, verses 13 through 14 says for you brethren have been called to liberty only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh but through love serve one another for all the law is fulfilled in one word even in this you shall love your neighbor as yourself it really is that simple if we devote ourselves or our lives to Christ we are transformed by his power we can step out of our lives and into the lives of others to serve one another. The Care Deacon Ministry exists under the, grace, the guidance of Pastor Mike. And we meet every other month to pray and seek God's wisdom on how to minister to the body and how to deal with the needs that the body has. The needs are not always desperate needs. In the body of Christ, there are people struggling with finances, with their marriages, and even with their faith. And God wants us to share these struggles with each other. We all have struggles of some degree or another, 
but we also have gifts that he's given us. All of the care deacons have a heart to touch the lives of, God, uh, of others with the love of God and to reach out and to be there for those in need. Not only do I want you to know about the ministry because maybe you have a struggle and there's a care deacon that may be able to help, but I also want you to know about the ministry because maybe God might be calling you to serve him in this area. I want you to consider that that is a real possibility. This morning's service is all about what we can do to serve God. My life is constantly being transformed by his power, and I have found that serving him continues to bring me closer to him. I love you all. Thank you for the time. Yeah, you may clap. As you would get to know Paul Wareham, his passion is deep and intense for the Lord and for God's people, and I appreciate that very much. If you would uh, kindly, whoever's on the uh, PowerPoint, put the um, mission statement back up. I want us, thank you for bringing the lights up, but I want us to read that out loud together one more time. I heard last week that one of our elders, Kurt Myers, kicked off this message series uh, that has to do with the underlying scriptures, the foundation of our mission here at Grace Community Church. So uh, thank you, Kurt. He, he kicked it off in a vulnerable way and a strong way. That was reported to me by several people. But I want you to read it out loud with me, and then we'll find out the background of, of this statement together. We glorify God by becoming fully devoted followers of Christ through his transforming power. And so if you have a Bible, turn to Isaiah chapter 61, or you can look on the screen. Brian might be handing out Bibles to you if you like to use your own two eyes rather than the PowerPoint or the GPS, and uh, you'll get that at 3 a.m., the background is Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness for the prisoner, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. And provide to those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor." Now, on this envision part, if you'll go back, please, on the PowerPoint to slide one or look in your Bible to verse one, and you see two names, Sovereign Lord, the Spirit, that's the Spirit of God, so member of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God is upon me, and the Spirit is the, uh, the Holy Spirit of the sovereign Lord in this text. 
We sang the name above all names. Here are two of the names of God. Sovereign, meaning high, majestic, master, ruler. The one who is in charge. And I used to think as a child, and it followed me into my adult years, that this high, ruler, majestic, all-perfect, all-glorious one was distant, was aloof, was quiet, was harsh toward me. And I missed the nuances of the second name, Sovereign Lord. Lord comes from Jehovah, the self-sustaining one. Lord means he needs no other one to exist. He is all-powerful. He is all-sufficient. But it doesn't stop there. In his rulership, in his mastery, in his being fully in charge, it also means, Lord, Jehovah, I am. I am. In other words, not only will he be, not only he was, not only is he above time, not only did he create time, but he is always with you and me in the present tense. I am. And so if that accusation, I don't know if I learned falseness from somebody's false teaching as a child that followed me into my adult years, but if that accusation comes to you, oh, he doesn't care about you. He is mad at you. He is distant from you. He is harsh and aloof and downright snobbish. I am here to declare today that the spirit of the sovereign Lord I am, the caring one, the holy one who leans towards you. And here's another nuance of this Jehovah Lord, redeemer. To, to buy out of sin, not only the people of Israel in this context, but all available redeeming ones to all Jews, to all Gentiles, to every tribe and nation. The message that we take in our outreach is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we learn about that living redeemer in the New Testament. His name is Jesus Christ. He died, he rose from the grave to save us from our sins. And this holy, sovereign, ruling one also stoops and bends in the present I am to redeem out of sin. He hates sin. And again, here we go. I used to think, oh, then he hates me. No. He hates sin because it abuses me. He hates sin because it causes or creates an abusive spirit in me toward others. He hates sin because it creates competition and strife and outbursts of rage and gossip and all of those things that are self-centered. And he hates it not to squash us, but to free us, to redeem us, to release us. I'm getting a little psyched, friends. <laughs> you see, this high and holy and awesome and sovereign and ruling God is a freeing, intimate, kind, 
loving, redeeming God. He is both and. We struggle with that because we're so finite and limited in our understanding. But he's all of those things. And we'll learn more. Hang on. There's more of this coming in a few weeks when we get into the Psalms, okay? So you're going to want to come back and, uh, and uh, yeah, you will, okay? Just trust me. But for today, for today, the vision is of that kind of sovereign Lord. And that's the foundation of we glorify God by becoming fully devoted followers of Christ through his transforming power. Now, if you'd go to that second slide of Envision, where you see in verse 3, what's the result? The very end of verse 3 of Isaiah 61, for the display of his splendor, that has to do with the glory of God. That has to do, what does glory mean? Because, yeah, every now and then it's used in our culture, but it actually, splendor is a pretty good translation. Another one would be his very essence and brilliance of his character. The quality of his light so bright of joy and blessing and brilliance that the people, you can't even look on him. He's so brilliant and marvelous and holy and loving. You see, again, error that slipped into my life from childhood follows me right up to in my 50s. I will serve sometimes to hear the thanks of others. Oh, Lord, forgive me. I am to serve, and you are to serve for the display of his splendor, to reflect his glory and honor. (laughs) He's magnificent. Sometimes, too many times, You and I want to draw attention to ourselves. I've actually had the gumption to go away from serving and say, or think, I rarely say it, that would really sound prideful, but I'll think it. Not a one thanked me. Forgive me, but how arrogant. How arrogant. You see... It's for his glory. And then the third, um, well, another nuance of this picture of the vision or the envisioning is Luke chapter 4. And now we're fast forwarding into the New Testament and Jesus Christ in his early part of earthly ministry. uh, Actually, it says that he stood and read this in the temple. And these are the words that are recorded. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. That means afflicted ones, poor in spirit. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And a couple sentences later that aren't on the screen, it says, and Jesus sat down and said, this day it's fulfilled in your sight. And so Jesus is the one that Isaiah is predicting or promising or prophesying. And if we, not if, since we are to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, if we've asked Christ to be our personal Lord and our personal Savior, then we are fully devoted to being like this. What did Christ say 
the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God is upon him to be and do. Preach good news. Proclaim freedom. Recovery, um, freedom to the prisoners. That's both literal and figurative, prisoners in sin. To uh, provide recovery of sight for the blind. <laughs> he could do it literally just by touching blind eyes. Boom. When we give out good news, the spiritual blinders lift through the power of God. And last but not least, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So this power, energy, and person of Christ helps us, is our energy and power and motivation to live out our mission of the church. The second theme of this picture of service and outreach or reaching out to the community is equip. God does not leave us unprepared. In Ephesians chapter 4, it says, and he, excuse me, it was he, we'll stop right there, who gave. He is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ gave gifted people to the church. Here they are. Apostles, they are sent ones, pioneering ones. Prophets, those who give forth the word of God boldly. Some to be evangelists, those who really understand telling the good news and have great skill and gifting in it. And some to be pastors and teachers. And look at this, to prepare God's people for works of service. So there's a responsibility for every gifted one in the church to prepare other people for serving and outreach and ministry. It's not just to be done by the pastoral staff or the administrative staff. Ministry comes, or excuse me, the works of ministry come as we are equipped, equipped by the Spirit of God, equipped through gifted people, and they do it in these following settings. Here at Grace Community, equipping happens at Place Workshop. Simply an acronym, P-L-A-C-E. It's where in a biblical context, we learn our personality type. We learn spiritual gifts. We become aware of abilities. We connect what really drives us, our passion, with serving. And we understand that our experiences, both the horrific ones and the joyful ones, are in a context of serving. You see, God never intended us to serve out of perfection, but out of brokenness. If you're waiting to be, oh, I need to be a little better, or I need to learn a little bit more. No, God invites you. God encourages you to serve right now where you are. I, ten years ago, I took the place workshop in one of the Carolinas, and it revolutionized my perspective on service. I used to think that, that uh, I needed to look good in order to serve. I used to think that I needed to be a certain type of, of uh, competence in order to serve. And no, he taught me that as I become more and more like Jesus Christ, I still share my brokenness, my experiences, my failures. And out of that, in his redemptive power, in his transforming power, by his grace, I serve and so do you. What are some other forms? Uh, well, before I go on to other forms of equipping and preparing people, allow me to share just this testimony from a couple that's slightly newer at church, Cliff and Jen Reckley. 
They say, we took the place class at Grace Community Church after becoming members. We were interested in finding a way or ways to help out the church and the community and to uh, get involved where needed. We really enjoyed Eric Miller, Phyllis Spears, Mike Brubaker. Uh, they brought a lot of joy and laughter. We really do have fun in the class. Uh, we had fun finding our place in grace and also learning how to use our abilities, our personalities, and our spiritual gifts for the sake of others. We highly recommend this class if you know you want to help out and serve, but you're not sure where to start. So I affirm that and encourage you. What are some other areas of service, or excuse me, preparation for service? Small groups. We're giving an opportunity in the next two to three weeks to get involved. I think it's called a taste of grace. One of the ladies was handing this sheet out to different ones of us to get involved and have a taste of grace in small groups. I want to encourage you to be a part of that. We're going to start in in late August and early September into that journey through the Psalms, and it ties right in with the message series. You see, in small groups, as you live and do community together, you also become prepared and equipped to serve one another. And one other way of equipping here is simply step out and do it. It's called prepare by doing. We have one-time events in domestic outreach, and in global outreach, and also right in church, for you just to sort of experiment in serving. Third theme is affirm. I want to affirm you all, just like the Apostle Paul. Listen to what he said about people at three churches that he helped start. Colossae, Corinth, and Thessalonica. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. We always thank God for all of you mentioning you in our prayers. Allow me to affirm you all this morning. This isn't a message so much of beating you until you say, all right, I give up, I'll serve. This is a message of saying there's freedom in the Lord and God may be calling you too and then he fills in the blank. When I'm not at Grace, I'm out on vacation with Margie or we're at a conference, I love um, celebrating. I, when I tell people about Grace Community Church, I often say something like this. It's such a great church because it's full of grace-filled people. Full of people who are real or vulnerable. Full of people who are reaching out. I see young people, teenagers, I see children, I see men and women, single adults, couples, just fully sold out to Christ and being who he wants them to be. And in light of that, I'm going to invite Kyle Christensen up. He's going to share some of the positive things. He's one of our elders at Grace and especially works with local or community domestic outreach. And he's going to share some more affirmation at this time. Kyle? Thank you, Michael. Good morning. How are you this morning? Michael has done a good job of, of setting up for you the, uh, the purpose of our congregation, our purpose statement, and also the scriptures from that uh, Jesus used in Luke 4 to start his ministry. And we'd like for each of you to embrace those as your own and to live them out in your own lives. As Michael said to you, you know, 
the ideas of ministry and outreach. Now, the outreach that I'm talking about today is just local and national. We also have international outreach that's, that's led by Sean Wolf right now. Um, but let's talk about these things, which sound like work a little bit to us. But God doesn't look at our works. He, he doesn't care about your works, really. He cares about your heart. And he looks at that, and he wants us to delight in him. That's, he wants all of our lives to be about delighting in him. He wants to know that we see him as sufficient. He's all in all. He's the first and the last. He's the beginning and the end. He's, he's all that you ever needed. He has a plan of salvation for you. He, he set your beginning and your end. He gave you a purpose. So he, we start with that. So we want to start with an idea of delighting in God. And as we delight in God, we want to then go out and light up our world because you guys are the salt and light of the world. So delight is of light, and light is the action that, that comes out of, out of that. Um, God took me into Ezekiel this morning and kind of changed my talk a little bit in a vision that he gave to Ezekiel in, 40, in Ezekiel 47. He's shown in the temple, and then he takes him outside the temple and shows him a, a river coming out of the, of the temple. And it says, okay, step into the water to your ankles. Now step into your knees. Now step into your waist. Now you can only swim. How deep are you into God's provision in your life? And how, how deep have you let God heal you in your life? How much have you allowed him to be your all in all, to be everything that he wants to be in your life? Um, he calls, he goes on to call that river a river of healing, not only for you, but for the nations. So we are, we are what the world needs. We are the salt and light. There is darkness out there, and we have been brought into the kingdom of light. And we, we're calling you this morning to, to live out that, that calling on your life. But first of all, that, that first calling that you have is worship and to delight in God, because as you do that, you'll want to share that with others. Um, we also do that not out of our perfection. We do that out of our brokenness. Each of us brings a brokenness into, into, this, into, our, into our church. As we heard la last week from, from uh, Kurt, he's about community. As we bring people into the church, as we bring prodigals into, in, from, the, from the community, we celebrate with them. That's what community is all, all about. We, we celebrate with them. What we do in ministry is we, we take their brokenness and we say, it's okay to be broken. I'm broken too. It's, God uses the brokenness of our life to let the water flow out of us. We don't want to hide our brokenness. We want to use that brokenness as a way for God's spirit to flow out of us. It's this brokenness that we bring in our own lives is, is where we get our compassion from. We get a passion for God, for his healing nature, and we get a compassion for other people because we know of our own brokenness and we want to share that, that love of Christ with other people. The message that we have is 10 words. It's 10 words. It's Christ died for your sins and he rose from the dead. That is the essence of our message to the world. Now, the way we take that message to the world is by being incarnational. We do it the same way Christ did for us. He came out of heaven into our world and met us where we are. When Christ was here, 
He not only met us where we were, but he touched all of life. He touched the tax collector, the prostitute, the poor, the, the cripple. He touched the children, the women, the men, the older people. He didn't, he didn't stop with anybody and say, I can't touch that. He touched it all. And he calls us to touch it all as well. And so we bring that incarnational uh, view of the world and to a transformation world, view of the world that, that through that incarnation, God transforms our life and our world, whether it's politics, whether it's your work. All of life has been, has been affected by the crushing weight of sin. And whatever you are, whatever you're doing, it needs to be brought into the kingdom of light. Um, at the end of the book of Mark, Mark says, take the good news and preach it to all creation. All of creation is under the weight of the sin. And so let's take it there. And I want to share with you how this church is, take, is doing that uh, for the glory of God. The teen ministry here is an amazing ministry and one of the best examples of outreach that we have. There's about 250 kids that are teenagers that are uh, part of that group. On any given Wednesday night, 80 to, 80 to 100 of them show up. And about 33% of them are not members of our congregation. So they're doing a great job of reaching out to kids in the community. Once a month, they have an outreach night. Uh, once a year, they take a trip to New York City to reach out to homeless people. Right now, three of our, our young people are on Operation Barnabas, who are uh, going around the country ministering the Word of God. Um, several of them have been serving at the rescue mission. And last year, about uh, 250 flyers were passed out for the Harvest Festival. They've gone door to door, and they've offered to clean up houses in the neighborhoods in Waverly. They've planted flowers, and now they're involved in after-school programs for the kids at Waverly Elementary School. So we want to really bless them for that. As we heard earlier from, from Sean Wolf in his teaching on Jonah, that the top line is God blessing us. The bottom line is us letting God bless others by letting that flow out through the brokenness of our own lives to others, or through the compassion that we have. Um, last year, the middle school had a lock-in. And through that lock-in time, 12 to 14 kids made confessions of faith through the testimony of uh, Rachel Rapp. So we want to really thank God for their ministry and their willingness to just go the extra mile in the teen ministry. Uh, there's several of them who have also gone overseas recently to China, to Ecuador, and now to South Africa. So we are sending them and sending our teenagers around the world as well. The Iwana's ministry, led by Lisa Catania, uh, reaches 90 to 100 kids 20% of them are not members of our church. They have a skate night outreach. They have vacation Bible school. They go to, the, to the, the park and paint faces in the festival times there, reaching out to kids. Um, they've recently added a time twice a month where handicapped kids can come, called Kaleidoscope Kids, and get a little extra time in, in uh, ministry to them. And they've also expanded this past year to, to include four-year-olds because they see a vision of outreach and sharing God's, God's love. They also are actively collecting items for, for food, for school programs, for mission trips. They're always looking for ways to do outreach. The men's and women's groups here in church include uh, the women's groups um, group has a, a program called MOPS. MOPS is a ministry to uh, women, um, 
moms and preschool kids. There's about 60, 60 women involved there. 50% of them are not members of our church. They're reaching out to them, showing them the love of Christ, and giving them time to, to relate to that love. The men's group are actively involved in the community through a lot of sports. That's a way that they have actually been able to attract other, other men in the community, community to be part of those sport, sports programs, and some of them are starting to come to our church as well. The basketball night on Tuesday night, mostly it's men who have not been part of our church. They do a devotional time. They're reaching out to these sports activities to our men. Not only that, but several of our men had started a prison ministry for the last couple of years. They've been going once a month to the prisons, to the local prison, to uh, do a worship time there. So there's outreach happening in those ministries. In small groups, many of you are part of small groups, and uh, that's a great opportunity. You, you've got a group of people there all ready to serve. They're learning about the Lord, and it's just an opportunity that you have. One of our small groups, the Young Marrieds, recently put on a, a dodgeball for Haiti program, raised $10,000 to help support the work in Haiti. Um, so we, we thank God for, for their effort. Um, our small group that was is led by Marty Littert and William Fu uh, went to CareNet earlier this spring and cleaned CareNet from top to bottom, their facilities, so that they could minister, uh, use their facilities more effectively. We also, last week, were at uh, the rescue mission, cleaning out their pantry. They had 50 to, I don't know how many boxes they had of, of food they had gotten last Christmas and hadn't had time to unload it, didn't know what they had. We, we took them out of the boxes, organized it for them, and their pantry is now full to the floor to ceiling with food. Um, the small groups are also starting to get, we'll be doing a connection event next week, so that we get all of you guys involved in that. And, and uh, they are going to be putting an outreach coordinator in each of the small groups so that you can start to plan these kinds of activities. And a couple of things they have on their mind are to help build a playground at Waverly Community this year and uh, anything else that, that comes down, down the road here. Um, Beyond those ministries for our church, we also have ethnic churches here, immigrant churches, the Chinese church, which is our daughter church. We have the Spanish church, as well as a Korean church. And about a year ago, we also had a Burmese church meeting here. Uh, 300 or more uh, immigrants are meeting here every week, uh, hearing the word of God. And we, we're thankful for that. Um, we have men and women in our congregation who have, their, have developed their own outreaches here, like Mike Dixon who has started the farmer's market on Friday afternoon. How many of you have gone to the farmer's market at one time or another? Well, one of his purposes was to bring people onto our campus, and he has had opportunities to pray with people, ask them how they're doing. He's had opportunities to give out food to people who need it through an assistance program, through the city-funded program. Um, we've also done an H1N1 clinic here where we've been able to give uh, vaccinations for, for the H1N1 virus, and that was done by Elizabeth Chung. And, and her work. At, at Christmas time, Kim Barnhouse has led the charge to do um, uh, food baskets. Last year, through your efforts of bringing food, she put together 55 baskets of food and turkeys to give to um, folks here in town and also in DC through our church planning efforts in, in DC. So beyond that, we also have Mom's Day Out, 
We have rooftop respite several times a month, several times a year for handicapped kids to come into our community here and be, be ministered to. We have an unemployment network that meets here on Tuesdays. We have parents with lost, who have lost children, compassionate friends who use our facilities. And we have Homeschool by Grace that allows families to homeschool their kids through a program here. Um, in the and that's what happens just in the walls of the church, outside the, well, through the walls of the church, I should say. We're sending people outside the walls of the church. But we also support CareNet Ministries in town here. CareNet is a crisis pregnancy center, and our members of our congregation are the executive director, the medical director, the staff, several board members, and we also sent 40 people to their banquet this past year to support their ministry. The rescue mission, uh, by the way, Angela Phillips is out there in the, in the, in the lobby to talk with you about her ministry at CareNet. Rescue Mission is here right now, too, in the, in the lobby. Tommy Skaggs is here. He's the development director there. Um, they're reaching out to homeless men, as well as other needs in the community. Young Life uh, High School Ministry is represented by Chuck and Sharon Rick, Rigley, Ridgely, who are out in the, in, the, in the lobby as well, hoping that you guys would be involved in some of their programs or some of their fundraising programs, like their golf outings or their banquets. And then we have Rachel Haffey, who's representing um, Marriage Savers today. All things that we support here in the community. Then in our nation, we support several church planning um, efforts, including Disciples of Christ in D.C. Kevin Mincy was supposed to be here leading worship this morning. He called this week and said he had lost two young men in his congregation who had died this past recently. And he was just overwhelmed with other responsibilities and couldn't be here but we support him by going down. We've done door-to-door -door work with, with him, alongside of him, down there giving out flowers to neighborhoods. And he, put a, he gave us a testimony and send your bulletin today, take a look at it, because he's, he's thrilled with our partnership with him. Urban Hope in Philadelphia, also church planning. June Brindley, who grew up out of this church, called this past year and said she's gonna be planning churches in Boston and wanted to have some support. So we encourage you to support her if, if you know her or have uh, worked, heard from her. Village Missions is a rural church outreach, and CE National helps support all these outreaches. And beyond all these things, Campus Crusade for Christ, we support the Spurlicks and the McKeevers who are on campuses working alongside of students. So this past year, I have been spending time just stepping back from the work of outreach, just stepping back and listening to each of, the, each of the ministry leaders of our church, hearing their heart, finding out what they're doing, and I've been so encouraged by what this church is doing, what you guys are doing in the community through ministries. And I think we can do so much more as well, but it's, it's not a matter of, well, this is, the I wanna conclude here by just a, a critique, asking us some hard questions. Are, are people being reached by our congregation? I would say yes. Are lives being changed? I believe they are. Are we discipling our people? Yes, we are. And are we sending missionaries? We have men and women, children going all over the world. So I applaud what God's doing here and, and pray that you guys continue to listen to the Holy Spirit. I really want you guys to, to be sailboats for God. I don't want you guys to be rowboats for God. Okay, a lot of people come to this congregation and they're in a rowboat and they're, they're adrift. They don't know where they're going. Some of you came to this congregation with, with one oar and you're going in circles. 
looking for God's purpose in your life. Some of you have two oars, and you think you're really going fast, working hard. Well, it's not about working hard. It's about being, we want you to get into the sailboat and let God drive the sails of your life. To, so you can hear the Holy Spirit, be involved with what God wants you to be doing with your gifts and your talents, your pain and your brokenness. God wants to use it all in his work. And I want to invite Latanya Castan to come up this morning to talk about some work that's being done through her community, through her life, and how God is not only ministering uh, through her to her family and to the church, but also to her neighborhood and at work through the, and using the teens to help her. Um, a couple of things going on this fall. We are going to be uh, working with the, um, the Heritage Festival uh, in Middletown. We would like to do a booth there and do some tie-dyes and, and uh, get people, get our name in the community. And we also have an, uh, a back-to-school night at Waverly Elementary School that we're hoping that, that you guys will help us out with as well. Tanya, thank you for sharing your life and your testimony. Thank you. I just want you all to know that I am truly humbled to be up here today. I feel like God's taught me a lot in my life and through the preparing for this testimony. A few years ago, I took a Bible study called Experiencing God, in which I learned that the, one of the most important things to do to learn God's will is to see what God is doing and to see how he wants to work in you through that situation. And I learned that God used this Bible study to help me learn how to do outreach in my community, in my life, in my neighborhood. Um, it's never been a mystery to me that God wants to use me in my community, but it's always been, the question has always been how he wants to use me. Um, I feel like God called me to service through the school where my kids attended, Waverly Elementary School. And um, eventually, through participating in different activities at the school, um, I became employed there. And shortly after I started working there, I um, met a student who had a coat that had been repaired with duct tape. And I found out that her um, parents could not afford to buy her a coat. So I boldly went to the school staff and said, we could get her a coat through Grace Community Church. <laughs> I, don't, I volunteered, you guys. I, I don't know why I said that, because ordinarily I would have just said to my husband, let's buy this child a coat. But I feel like the Lord used this situation to start a relationship between Grace Community Church and Waverly Elementary School. And, um, of course, we had about 20 donated coats, plus we got money to buy this child a new coat, which she loved. And I have a, a picture of her wearing her coat with a big smile on her face. <laughs> she was really happy. Um, Grace Community Church has slowly bec been, become involved in the Waverly community through this relationship. Um, Kim Barnhouse started a project where Grace um, donated items to the people in the Waverly community once a month for a whole year last year, and that was very, a huge blessing to the kids and their families. Um, all the while, God was using this church through these little steps to develop a deeper relationship with the Waverly community. Last summer, our students came back from Momentum Youth Conference on fire, really ready to serve. And so they said to us, we want to serve in the community. And so we had to do something to help them. They, they weren't going to let it go. And um, so we thought that Waverly was the obvious place since we already had a relationship with them. So they went into the community, knocked on doors, 
randomly, asked people, how can we help you? We'll serve, we'll do anything. They cleaned up people's yards. They cleaned up a blacktop that was supposed to be used for a playground but had beer bottles and all sorts of other debris on it. And um, they just worked really hard. They encouraged people. They prayed with people. They hugged people. They talked to kids. It was a great experience. And ultimately, God used this part of the relationship to lead Pastor R to go to the school and say, what is the greatest need in this school? What is the greatest need in this community? The principal said, these kids need to be loved. They often go home to empty homes. Because of their life circumstances, they can't spend time, a lot of time, with the adults in their lives. They need somebody who can be there and care for them. And so that started the Friends of Waverly. Thursday afternoons, high school students go to Waverly Elementary School. They go to PE art, media with these kids and just hang out with them, just love on them and hug. And I watched some of the kids in that school who have severe behavioral problems connect with these kids who come from Grace Community Church and just feel loved. And they, their behavior changes completely when they're around these teens. So that was an amazing thing for me to watch. And, um, and then this summer, we started a program called Waverly Kids Club. There's another picture of that, um, where the youth group, again, goes to Waverly Elementary School. Um, they go to the blacktop and play kickball, volleyball, that sort of thing. Um, I'm sorry, kickball in Foursquare, that sort of thing. There's games and story time if the kids want to play. Um, and these, we, we thought we were going to have all these kids come out from the community, and we were surprised by the low attendance. But what surprised us even more is the attendance of the youth. They keep coming, regardless of how many kids come from the community. These youth come out on that hot blacktop. Sometimes the temperature is 106 degrees. They're out there playing. We've had one child come consistently. He's a real cute little boy. And um, his name is Rufus. And um, he loves this time, this, these activities. He's new to the community. And it's, I've had a chance to talk to his mother who said that the transition, the move to the new community, it's been kind of hard on him, like it would for any child. And um, this has been good for him, she said, to come and just have somebody pay attention to him and love on him. I, I ran into the school um, counselor who said that she knows this child and that this connection with kids, with people who are just interacting with him and, and tickling him and having fun with him, it is, does more for this child than, than we will ever understand. And so for me, to stand back and watch the progression of what God has done through these relationships between the Grace Community Church and Waverly Elementary School has been an amazing thing. And there's no doubt that God brought us, my family, to this community, but I had no idea when we first came how he would use us and give us the opportunities to serve. And I'm really thankful for that, not only for myself, but for my family and for this congregation. And so I pray that God would continue to be glorified through what he's doing in the community. Thank you, LaTanya and Kyle, so very much. If the praise team would come up, please. In closing, we're going to give a challenge right out of the scriptures. Jesus said in regard to following him, being a disciple, Matthew 16, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. 
Five years ago, I heard a contemporary expression of this verse. You find your life as you give it away. And that's just sort of grabbed my life. You and I, we find our lives as we give them away. And then Peter wrote, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. The invitation is going to be just a little bit different. Today, I invite you um, to do something with your hands. Take this sheet that's in your worship program or bulletin. Remember, our desire is to serve out of delight in God and understanding his delight in you and in me. To serve out of vulnerability. If God's leading you to one of these ministries within the church or one of these ministries that's beyond the walls of the church, on this sheet it's called Domestic Outreach. Maybe he's leading you to sign up for a small group and become involved or take the place workshop. Maybe he's leading you to guided rest in order to regroup individually or as a couple in order to serve in freedom. Remember, our service is out of freedom, as Paul read earlier. In just a little while, a couple of minutes, the ushers will pass the plates for you to respond, and you guys can take a pencil from these guys now for you guys to fill in if, if you want to do that. And your response can be by handing in the sheet of paper today Room for your name and email address or name and cell phone is on the other side. Or maybe you've come here today and you say, none of this really fits where my current situation is. We want to be sensitive to that. You may have come here with a tremendous need that's somewhat inexpressible. Would you kindly put that on the prayer request part of this base sheet? And please note whether it's allowed to be shared or it's just confidential between you and the church staff. We'll pray for that need and that burden. Let's pray. Lord, this is a quiet and significant and holy moment. Direct our hearts in freedom and not out of guilt. Direct our hearts out of delight in the sovereign, forgiving Lord and not out of bondage. Direct our hearts to serve and reach out in vulnerability and joy and not out of shame. Direct our response if it's to take a guided rest in the coming days, weeks, or months, so that we can re-enter places of service with greater energy and freedom. Direct those responses, Lord. And for those who come here today and their need is outside of this scope of the themes today, oh God, touch those men and women and students with your all-knowing spirit and ever-kind and loving grace and mercy and power. In Jesus' name, amen.